to have women behind the camera, women participating, women telling our stories uh, from our perspectives. This is episode 13 with indie adult filmmaker Erica Lust and her partner in love and in business, Pablo Dobner. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast about love, sex, and identity in the modern world. I'm your host, Jared Matthew Weiss. Each week, I chat with an inspiring person that will help you expand your mind, open your heart, and give you one thing to think about on your journey towards great love. Thanks for hanging with me today. Here we go. With artistic vision and feminist values, Erica Lust is at the forefront of today's sexual revolution. Confronting the mainstream porn industry with a sex-positive, erotic, and cinematic alternative, and reclaiming the cultural discourse surrounding women's sexuality. In this episode, I chat with her and her partner in love and in business, Pablo Dobner, to discuss their love story, what it's like to work with a spouse, to be at the forefront of the indie adult cinema movement, to have the porn conversation with your children, and how a world with better porn, written and directed by women, can change our relationships and our lives. We had this conversation in front of a live studio audience in New York City, and I'm so excited to share it with you today. Here we go. So, um, Erica, you know, you've come up very often. You know, we were chatting upstairs for a while. Um, I've been hosting this town hall for a few years. There have been thousands of people that have come through. And the first time your name ever came up, a woman did share a story about having, you know, been sexually assaulted, uh, as, a, as a teenager, and it wasn't until she discovered something called Lust Cinemas, um, this website online that had this very progressive, ethical, feminist-driven, erotic cinema that she felt like she could heal herself from her sexual trauma and to begin to rebuild her relationship with her sexuality and with men uh, and with society. And so that was my introduction to you. Uh, And so here we are two years later, and I'm so excited to be able to chat with you. Uh, And this is your amazing partner in life, in love, in business, Pablo. And so we have so much to talk about. Um, Before we get started, maybe you can just give us a little, you know, just a a little background on on you and and the company that you, you, uh, you have together. You go first. You, you you wanted to start. It looked uh, like it. Well, uh, so uh, I am Erika. I was born in Sweden and moved on to Barcelona uh, in the beginning of 2000. So I've been there almost half of my life now. And that summer, the summer of 2000, I met Pablo. And uh, then a few years after, we decided to start a company together. Uh, you, you were studying political science, or you ended a study political science, and there was no work for you in Barcelona because of the language and it was several. Very, very difficult to find work in such a philosophical. Uh, kind of area really and then I had taken this decision to move move down to Barcelona and I didn't really realize that it wasn't good enough to just be able to talk Spanish that I also needed Catalan so I had a lot of trouble to access the kind of work that I was looking for so I kind of ended up working in the audiovisual industries because I had friends. Audiovisual. Audiovisual. Okay. Wow. Basically, shooting commercials as a, a lot runner. Of advertisement. And, uh, yeah. Because I had friends working during uh, that period. Uh, so had you met that. him? Had you met him prior to making your first film? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. we, yes. We met in two thousand, and then around two thousand and three, you studied filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you were already working in audiovisual and you wanted to have a career there. Mm-hmm. And then um, a short film has to be made for your studies. And, yeah. and she decided to shoot uh, a short film called The Good Girl that was... Um, 
that had explicit sex. Right. That was kind of yeah. the, the, the big decision, the big thing that when I started to think about this short film, I asked myself the questions that we do many times when we have an opportunity to do something. What do I want to do? And I got back to these ideas that I wanted to do something that had to do with female sexuality. And I wanted to do something erotic, something that I found stimulating. Uh, you wanted also to prove that porn could be different if, if approached in a different way. How did you feel when she said, you know, for my project, I think I'm going to make a porn? Um, yeah, well, before deciding to invest 13K in that film, which we, we which we invested. Wow. Uh, okay. She, yeah. The, for that moment, it, it was like a big amount for us. Mm. And, but before that, you were researching for six months about this for for a time. I mean, it was kind of an idea, and then we started to talk about: Is it possible, really, to do something different? Because uh, I had had this feeling years back at university that I did react to porn when I was watching it. My body did react to it. I liked the idea of it, but I didn't like what I was watching. So I, instead of just having a good time, yeah. I always ended up having this huge conflict between my, my, my brain and my body. Anybody else who feels that way say a word? <laughs> OK, cool. Uh, Pablo, how was your reaction when you were watching porn? Uh, no, no, not the same. Not the, not the same. It's more basic. It's it's more basic. More, it's, it's more not, basic. Not only my reaction. I mean, men in general, we are. We we need less to get aroused. That's my 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 feeling, and and that's why women they have a conflict with porn because for them it's not enough that it there's just two people naked on a sofa having sex. Yeah, but you know, but it, <laughs> it actually, I'm, I mean, this conversation for me, it started back at university. It's, it started years before we started to have this conversation. And what, what I always realized was that when I talked to other women, they understood my feelings of, of, of this conflict. They had the same feeling, many of them. Some didn't, of course, because we are not all alike. But most of my female friends had the same kind of feeling. And then when I talked to men, most of them were just like, yeah, porn, you know, I watch it, I like it. Oh, it's not a big deal. It wasn't a big deal for them. But, but, for, but for us, it was. And the, But the research we did before shooting The Good Girl is that we agreed that Erika will look at what was happening right, right in that moment in the in the porn business, and in in the sex industry business in general. And it was a moment, two thousand and two, three, where some erotic boutiques were emerging in Europe, especially Anita Rodic, the, uh, Sam Rodic, the daughter of Anita Rodic, the founder of Body Shop. She started Coco the Mare in London, which was on one of the best like uh, answers to the horrible sex shop business. And it's and a beautiful little boutique with all the most gorgeous things. And yes, of course, it it's exclusive and it's it was also It was also the moment where companies were starting to develop cool toys uh, because the whole society was in that situation where they uh, there was a feeling that sex could be less tacky and, and, and products and services around sex could be more well thought. And that's the research we did, and that's where we, we decided let's shoot um, audiovisual with explicit sex, but let's try for it not to be horrible porn. What was your collective uh, experiences with pornography? As a new couple, were you watching porn? Was it an important part of your lives as a couple? And is that why there was sort of a shared vision? Uh, or was it something where, you know, you had your individual experiences and that was it? I guess it was magazines. <laughs> because we're talking about back in the day. <laughs> no, no. I, get, I mean, I have, I recall being in bed watching, seeing with, with erotic magazines, having sex. Well, you were looking at magazines both. while you were having yeah, sex. Yeah, and yeah. doing it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, is, is that strange? No. I no, no, that no. Was so totally at normal. this point, at this point, there's not much that's strange to me. But I haven't heard that story. So you're looking at magazines while you're having sex. Yeah. Especially, I mean, probably was Erika lying down okay, with yeah. a magazine and me uh, back Very in, in the back. You're in the back. Yeah. And we were having sex while. And you're just flipping through a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys have you guys ever made a porn about that? No. Well, oh, I'd like to well, throw well, that in the ring for X confession. No, no, no. But yeah. but 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 actually, he says no because it wasn't really magazines. But we did use that idea for a Recently. short film I did a little while ago, uh, called Ink Is My Blood. Uh, but it's an art book. book. Okay. A couple From reading an art erotic yeah. book. Great book. And, yeah. and uh, those Ink is images. My blood, by the way. They take yeah. them into an erotic world. The film is actually beautiful. It's totally one of my favorites. Okay. But the thing for a couple to watch porn together is still today a conflict because 99 of the content out there is degrading in some way. Erika calls it punish fucking. So it could be a mixed, a mixed feeling experience because you know women with porn in Pornhub or or you porn etc. They tend to at some point be offended. So it's difficult well, for a couple I think to watch porn together. It's difficult to find something that you feel uh, represents you in a way that it's not completely out of what yeah. you like. And you, as, as a woman, I have a feeling that you want to, you really want to see other women having pleasure, not just being there to fulfill a role of satisfying others. It's showing uh, women on screen that I that I like and that I, I, I'm seeing them as human beings, not only as this kind of beautiful object that's, that's there to satisfy others. I want, I want it to be their stories. I want to create characters that feel reliable and that feels uh, real and that it feels like they are in it because of their erotic visions or fantasies or they're looking for their own pleasure in a way so that is definitely important to me and then the second thing that I've been working uh, very hard on is to have women behind the camera women participating women telling our stories uh, from our perspectives yeah and today not it's not only Erika uh, Erika directing uh, for for uh, our company, but there's several women from all over the world, including New York, uh, and, and we try to produce films by by other um, female directors. Going back to your question, the, it was first we met, then uh, we started the company, then we had kids, two girls, then we married a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, so that's what was is the the order the of of the line. events. <laughs> And working together is not it's not very complex because, well, first of all, uh, people have this image that if we have a company that produces uh, explicit content, that probably the company is you know all funky and sexy and erotic, and it's a company that could be you know in this upper floor here. It's people in front of computers because the shootings take place only from time to time. Basically, we can run the company together because we do different stuff. She's a creative director and I am, I am in marketing and communication and, and in, in operating the, the, the online uh, sites. So we do completely different stuff without conflict. And um, today is a 20 people company in Barcelona and we operate different uh, online properties called uh, xconfessions.com eroticfilms.com, lustcinema.com, an e-commerce called Erika Lust Store that sells also toys and erotic cosmetics, uh, and other on-the-site projects like theporncomversation.org, uh, which is an NGO and a non-profit project, and uh, others that are yet to come. Amazing. So... The the good girl that was the f that was the first big film. Um, 
short film. Short, short film. Short, short, and by it, big, I mean it had a big impact, though. It definitely it really, had a big so impact. What, yeah, how did you feel? How old were you? 2004. I was born in 77. Do the math, someone. <laughs> uh, you were, okay. You were 20. So you were young. Six. And you made this film. Yeah. And you said, hey, mom, I made this film. No, actually, I didn't. She found me on Twitter. Okay. Okay. A while so later. can you just tell me what that was like? A year later. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? You know, uh, a lot of people are. You know, I think there's a. You know, generally, I think. You know, when people come to our town hall, we record it as a podcast. I cannot tell you how many people have said to me, "I'm afraid to share because I can't have my parents here." Um. So okay. So your mom's on Twitter, and she finds out about the good girl. Mm -hmm. And what? How does that go? How, what's that relationship uh, like at that point? No, she she got mad at me. Seriously, she got very mad at me. She felt like I was doing uh, something completely out of line, that I was uh, destroying my possibility of a career, that uh, she, she didn't understand it at, at first. Now she does. What, what helped her? But, but you, I, what, I think that, that what, what really kind of happened there was that, imagine also my mom, uh, she's 76 years old today. Uh, she was, uh, you know, she's a Swedish woman. She was an early feminist. She was that kind of feminist who felt that pornography was something that could never, ever, ever, ever be feminist, you know? So then when it turned out that me as a young feminist had decided to do that for her it was she didn't she she couldn't like have the math go together right she how didn't did she, understand it yeah how did she feel about your relationship well we we, we st Erika started four years after we we, we were we together so that that was a question um but but yeah probably probably she felt that why you both got into this so so did my parents uh but 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 to, basically they could cope with it with with the with the fact that it became big and successful and we make several billions euro, uh, euros every year uh, millions of euros every year of, of You of make income. several billions of euros like, every what, year. What, so what, I was what? like, we'll be launching the Touchpoint <laughs> erotic cinema very soon. So so basically the success, I'm seeing Erika in the media and giving a TED talk and, and you know, being in Vogue and Marie Claire and Cosmopolitan and... and like um, the, I think that for her, really the endorsements kind of yeah. helped her to understand that what this I was, was doing was something that was applauded by other people mm -hmm. and not something that was only trashy online. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. So so um, so working together as a couple, this you know, this this business has become very successful. But as I said, you're also parents. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that you've launched an initiative the called the Porn Talk. The Porn Conversation. The Porn Conversation. So the Porn Conversation. So you know that's a, you know, we're often in a race against how quickly children can Google things, right? So it's really like a much more accelerated conversation than ever before. So you have two daughters, was it, was it eight and 11? Yes. Eight and 11 years old. You've clearly, I mean, this is more of a, it's less of a what is porn, but also like what do mommy and daddy do for a living? Is that the conversation that you've had? Um, we are questions, we, we are questioned as a couple often, how do you explain what you do to your daughters, uh, etc.? And we always uh, we started the conversation because we always answered the same, which is that's not a problem that we have alone. It's a problem that you also have, because it's not us the only ones who have to tell our daughters what porn is. Every parent has to do it today. So maybe for us it's even easier because we do it and we know a lot about pornography. So that's why we launched it and, um, and it's been quite successful. I, I think it's important to, to understand that porn has become mass media. It wasn't really that when I was growing up. Porn was something... Uh, on that a VHS and in a DVD. Completely. But a magazine. Yeah. And magazines, right. obviously. <laughs> but but 
today it's it's really it's out there it's on the internet it's it's people are talking about it that it's one third of the internet traffic at some at some, at some hours, hours and in some countries <laughs> some countries <laughs> etc not all the time but still it it is it has become huge and uh, what has also changed the last 10 years is that uh, it is free for everyone to to reach really because it wasn't like that before because it was done by production companies distributed by distribution companies then when it, it started online it was pay sites where you actually had to put in your credit card details to be able to watch something but then the tubes came around more or less at the same time as uh, technology advanced and we started to have these cell phones, these iPhones around us all the time. Uh, so the last 10 years what has happened is that uh, the tube porn site is what we today call mainstream porn. And uh, most of these sites, if you go and have a look at them, uh, I think that it's quite obvious that they are totally exploiting the female body mm -hmm. all the time because what mostly you see is parts of women's bodies. Uh, when it's uh, about men, you don't see much of, of, of the men, actually. You see their penises, but not much of their faces and their bodies. And, uh, and, and and they are a scam business. They steal content and they say they sell ads to scam businesses. It's a very horrible bit. I mean, the way they are they are operating really. It's not about sex and it's not about porn. They are only using porn and sex to attract traffic, and they want that traffic because they want to sell ads. And what kind of ads? They want to say ads. Uh, like uh, penis enlargements and fake, uh, fake uh, pills uh, to grow your dick and, and to nanny in your wait, those pills are fake. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That is what's happening. But 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 because of who who is putting in right. their credit card details there? Well, uh, actually, a lot of 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 kind of lonely men. So how do you explain that to your your daughters? You have two daughters. This is obviously you you're at the forefront of really, you know, more of of the of modern feminist movement. Like yeah, I don't think that you're just relegated to pornography or erotic cinema cinema cinema. You're 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 really at the forefront of a of a really profound feminist movement and so with two daughters how, what is the conversation with an eight-year-old around pornography? Because I have friends whose kids, their kids have stumbled upon pornography on the internet, and the, the guttural response was, no, 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 bad, that's terrible, you don't want to look at that, it's terrible, don't look at that, never look at that again. How do you, like, you want to role play? Like, I can be your eight-year-old. How, uh, do, what do we well, how do you explain this? How do we explain what porn is or what we do for a living? What, 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 what do I don't you know what the, the difference is. To be? The, about, they, they know what we do. Well, well if it's about and us and what, what do we they do know? for yeah, a living, what do they what know? Do they know? What do they, they, know? know that they know that we have a company. They know that we are, that, that we are filmmakers, that I, I am a film director, that I make films where people have sex. They know that the people are naked and that they kiss quite a lot. Do the other parents in school know, you know, like, wh what is that like? Like, I just feel like there's a, we live in a society where we yeah. shame people for all the wrong reasons. Well, have you had any interactions with parents at yeah, schools? They're like, but, I don't yeah. want my but kids going to your house. But it's Barcelona. Not Barcelona. that we know of. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. maybe those parents have already told their kids, you can't go to that house. <laughs> like, we don't know. Well, but first of all, our daughters, we, we are a house where technology is, is, is controlled. And they, they Google Erika Lust. And probably they found articles, but they cannot access the content. And they, they, can, neither, uh, they can neither... Uh, they, <laughs> they Googled you. Yeah, yes, yeah. they do. Oh, right. no, they but they are very proud. They have this yeah. feeling that they are very proud of their, of their mother. You know, and 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 they're growing up in a house where you know being naked and 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 lo loving each other is cool uh, because they know that we work on that. So th that's probably going to be a huge advantage for 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 them uh, in comparison with with other kids. 
Uh, in school, I mean, we live in Barcelona. It's, it's an advanced city like Berlin or other cities it's in Europe. It's a liberal, so, open-minded city. So at school, I don't know, they changed school recently. And uh, a mother, uh, no, recently, uh, three months ago, they are in a new school. And uh, one, uh, a mother ask, asked me, uh, which was my job, and I I tell her, because I, I go slowly when I explain my, my job to people, <laughs> so I, I tell her, well, we have an audiovisual production company, and she was, you know, pushing me, and w which kind of content you do, and I, I told her, we do, like, a new wave of erotic cinema uh, that is, like, you know, more progressive and sex positive, etc. and she told me, oh, like, uh, Erika Luz is doing and then I told her, no, yeah, we are Erika Luz. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's great. So that's the kind of reaction we yeah. have. But that's because it's Barcelona. I Maybe if we were somewhere else, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, wow, amazing. Okay, so now, so so uh, I have a couple more questions on this, and then I have a couple questions about your films, and then we'll open it up uh, to everyone here. So the first question is, would the two of you ever be on camera? No. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but I, for, first of all, I don't like at all being in front of the camera. Okay. That's not my personality. And I'm, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm really much more of a voyeur mm -hmm. than of an exhibitionist. Okay. You feel the same way? Yes, of course. Okay. It's, 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 a difficult, it's a difficult job. We get emails, especially from men, all the time. I want to get into this business cast me, etc. That's not my department, but it's a nice anecdote. And and it takes a Did lot of... Did you say you vote? Sorry? Did you say you vote? No, uh, anecdote. Oh, a nice this anecdote. Is just oh, okay. A nice anecdote. <laughs> it's nice and I vote. It's, it's like, yeah. A, it's, yeah, you should vote, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, but, but then, yeah. but then, you know, it's, it's difficult to be a performer. You have to be very exhibitionist. Yeah. If you are a man, you have to be a special kind of 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 person because you, to you have really an erection have in front of you have to be of able to control your erection and it's it, it's it's not easy at all in front of the camera. Do they take Viagra? Camera. Some people might do it. Oh, it's not like best practice but in it, the no. industry. No. Okay. But it. Okay. But, but but it's difficult. So no, the answer is we probably won't won't go there because it's not um it's not how we st why we started the company. Right. There are certain people starting adult businesses because they want to, I don't know, most of you know the photographers that I call them, they want to meet girls and have sex with people they wouldn't normally have sex with. Uh, that's not our goal. Our company is, is, we didn't start it because we wanted to have sex in front of the girl. Right, right. Okay, so then my next question is actually around your children. So your children are going to grow. They're growing up in this environment where this is a sex-positive culture. This is a very progressive, liberal culture. It's a culture in which, like, we're making these beautiful films. Um, how would you feel as parents if your children are 20, 25, and they they want to be in these films? Is that something that you've thought about? That you've talked about? That that you know? But for us. I think that it w we have talked uh, at some point, but it wouldn't be a, uh, a, a problem because we do not stigmatize sex workers, uh, either of us. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they decided to work with their bodies as in any capacity of the sex work business, which is not only sex performers, uh, it won't be a problem because we don't see it as a, as a problem. Okay, amazing, great. So, um, so in terms of your films, uh, this morning, I watched his funeral. Okay. okay, so I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but if you go on to xconfessions.com, it's featured right at the top. And um, X Confessions, I know, is this project where these ideas are crowdsourced. How long have you been doing X Confessions? Five years now. And how many films have you made? Uh, around <laughs> 200. Well, uh, as a whole, but I haven't made all of them myself. Right. Uh, I'm, I probably made over, I, I probably made 120 yeah. or something X Confessions, like if you go in X Confessions, yeah. you can write your own yeah. anonymously confession, and we choose uh, a couple every month to be turned into film. So it's basically... Every everyone's ideas they are turned into film and and really and then you can, if you go online and you want to check out the confessions you can read confessions uh, by uh, yeah. people I have. from all around the world yeah. and they are quite amazing yeah. actually 
So yeah, have you, so my question about yeah. ex-confessions is really around, one, have there been any that you've read and you feel like they are totally off-brand for you? And, and like, like really, and, and almost yeah. triggered by, like they're really disturbing. Well, I, 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 for myself, I don't feel like I want to do like rape fantasies, but obviously there are because there are many women who have that kind of fantasies, but it's not the kind women of films that I want to make. Right. So that is one of, of, of my boundaries. But they are moderated. We only publish in the site uh, the ones that, that our team decides that are you know, but, good but, enough. But I don't look so much for the ones I don't like. I go yeah. for the ones I like. Well, you know, the, the ones I go like, oh my God, yeah. this is so intriguing. Oh, I love this one. Imagine if we would do it in a location or, you know, because I always, I, I kind of start from the confessions, but then I, I put on, I start creating, you know, my ideas around them. Yeah. So sometimes I, I change things or I, they turn into something slight different from, mm -hmm. from, what it was. What are the other boundaries? So like non-negotiable, so rape fantasies is a non-negotiable. Uh, what else is on the list of like, no, as a company, well, as a director, as an the artist? The obvious ones, kind of. Uh, Pedophilia, I mean, yeah, dead people. Yeah, of course, people. animals. Okay. Yeah, those okay. stuff. Those are That's totally stuff. out of line. Pedophilia uh, and animals, and rape fantasies, anything else? You know, I think that this, I like to say that like kinky, you know, that 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 kinky is just really just you know usually something that's beyond someone's comfort zone, right? Yeah. Uh, and that creativity is really another word for kinky. And like so, I've heard a lot of stories and things that people have shared where it's beyond my comfort zone, but it's not within somebody else's comfort zone. So I'm curious, like if there are but, any. But the uh, most important thing is that we have we have shown, I think, with the project that anything can be turned into anything that is not. With uh, outside these boundaries, which I've said, anything can be shot beautifully, narrated yeah. beautifully, and uh, and and explained in a in a very positive way. Erika has done, uh, for example, a, a very strong BDSM film about domination that is preceded by a talk of women. Uh, where they are talking about if a feminist can be also a submissive feminist and submissive. It's yeah. the name of the, yeah. of the film. So anything can be can be done. Erika's first film, the, the Good Girl, is the horrible cliche of the pizza delivery guy, but turned into something relatable and smart. So any kink could be shot. Uh, in, yeah. a, in a nice, cool, and narrated in a, in a cool way. So it's, it's all about how you want to tell your story, really. So, of all the things that you've done, and you've made a lot of films, and the company's produced hundreds of films at this point, is there anything that you feel like you haven't done yet that you're really excited to explore? Is there like an idea where, oh, man, we really haven't done this one thing yet, and it's like it's something we're really excited about? And well, there's kind of always new things I want to do, but then I do them. Okay, and, so and what's on? So, so what's so like? I, what's I coming up? I had a shooting like I had. I, I made my last shooting two weeks ago, and then I, I there's lots of films there that I really, really love you know i made a tango film that i really wanted to do because i love tango mm -hmm. he's from argentina also you know <laughs> and uh and we, i think it's going to be fantastic uh, i made i made a, a a beautiful kind of art style documentary about female masturbation but we had an artist come in and work on body painting on six different women's bodies uh, and then they talk about their, their private experiences and then it turns into, they start individually and then it turns into kind of a big orgy and I had this, but now it's the film nerd starting to What's speak. It like because to I had this wonderful crane yeah, and it was huge and I loved the, you know, the, the, the pictures the power of and the, the footage <laughs> coming out of the crane, you know, so it's, it's, but, it's but cinema porn in there. What also, is it like you know? to direct something like that though? Like people are having their experience yeah. and they're like, okay, stop, I need you to come over here. Will you please touch her like that? Like, what is that like? How yeah, well, sometimes I do that, but most of the time I, I, I try to prepare everybody so much. We talk 
talk about everything weeks before and you know we we, we I sit in in meetings with with you know my my DOP my director of photography my assistant director and we talk about every every detail of a shoot before so it's very very planned actually and then we talk to the to the performers uh, but then of course sometimes it doesn't work exactly as I had expected because if I can, I, I I would rather not interrupt them too much because if you start interrupting people having sex, then you kind of lose the vibe. But sometimes you don't see that vibe that you wanted through the camera lens. And then it's my job as a filmmaker to make it work. So then I have to step in with suggestions and go like, hey, what do you think about if you would do that and you would do that and uh, got together this way. I think way. you get a and whole service where you could, because uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of couples that would love you to just come over. And, uh -huh. and, uh, <laughs> okay, guys, this is looking good. It's looking good. But I think if you were to just flip over, then... Totally, I mean, amazing. because, you know, and also the things you can make through the camera lens, it's really, I mean... Oh, it's when you put, especially the cameras we work with, we work with, with Alexa and lately with the mini Alexa, and it's like anything you put in front of that camera just looks so amazing. And the lighting, and your DOP. And a wonderful course. lightning. Light, lightning, I say a lot. It's not lightning, lighting. it's lighting. And, and I, I wanted to also finally to, to remind that one of the keys of, of, our, of the company's success is that the films we produce, they are very different to each other. Yeah. If you go to a porn tube, basically it doesn't matter which thumbnail you're going to click because you're going to be watching more or less the same, maybe different people, but it's the same. One of the things that people tend to say about porn is like it's super repetitive and boring. So the key of our project is that it's not. Erica has shot lately a 70-something couple having sex. Oh, yeah. And, That's and another one I really <laughs> wanted to do. Eh? Wow. I really wanted to show other kind of bodies that we are not used to see. What's so that one called? Uh, it's called uh, John, John and Annie. John it's and their Annie. names. They're a couple, and they're just amazing. How did you find John and Annie? Well, they they found me. Yeah, I was gonna say, was yeah. this like like was there a casting or was it just we, like we are I, now I, I put out casting calls sometimes on Twitter, you know, like hey, I'm looking for. And sometimes people answer, but it's always difficult to find the right people. Yeah. Now, basically, now we're in a moment where some of the films are made because people with certain passions and kings approached us, approach us and say, hey, I'm a performer and I would like to do this particular thing. And then we see if we have a confession in the side that matches or... I, I also have a film coming up soon with a, a pregnant couple. She's seven months pregnant oh, wow. and it's really a beautiful film beautiful yeah amazing well but it's 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 a lot about that right that's what we what we want to do yeah. when human, we want human to show human sexuality as as it is it's and, so and much it's bigger than pornography because pornography it seems to me sometimes that it's they are mostly interested in punish fucking women and i'm so tired of that and i want to show all the other stuff that, that's going on. Really. Yeah. Anybody else who feels that way, say a word. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank God for you, and thank God for your your union. Uh, your company is doing amazing work, and uh, you've inspired a lot of people. And I've had the good fortune of meeting some of those people. Um, before we close our interview, we open it up to everybody else. You know, upstairs we talked a little bit about this deck of cards. Um, so, you know, this is this deck has sixty nine cards in it. Um, Every single card. So these are these are the themes, uh, the most popular themes that emerged in our first two years of our town hall when we were having you know thousands of questions submitted uh, by people. Um, and so every card has a different theme. And so as we discussed, all we're going to do is pull a card. And while we were doing our little rehearsal upstairs to figure out you know how we were going to play the game, they randomly pulled anal play. So we'll of see course. if uh, yeah, <laughs> totally random. So we'll see we'll see what we pull here and we'll just pull a card and we'll talk about it, right? So you just share the first thing that comes up for you. Uh, and so who picks? Whoever you choose. Tell me where it is. <laughs> okay, so what do we have? What did you get? Taking it slow. Taking it slow. Taking okay. It slow. And there's like so what, what comes up for you around your own personal explorations? Well, 
with taking it slow. Well, with taking it slow, actually, as we just talked about John and Annie, uh, this film, I, I, I was thinking about them because they are doing something called soul sex and they are talking a lot about the importance of taking it slow, of giving it time, of touching and the importance of touching each other every day in long-term relationships uh, because it seems that when you lose that regular contact with the other of touching another person and especially sexually then you lose also the connection uh, and uh, in our in our particular case i hope you're not mad if if i share this taking oh my <laughs> god <laughs> but taking really it, but, but in the world in the in the in a world where everything goes super quickly and pornography is always constant uh, always reminding us you know to have quick uh, uh, the fast and furious kind of yeah, penetrative sex. sex. <laughs> and so in yeah. our personal, in, in our bedroom, we have gained a lot with, with when we introduce, you know, massage yeah. and, and slowly getting into it. Touching, yeah. really touching. Not That's what it's about in the end. That's why it's called touch point. Yeah. So yeah, so I, we empathize entirely. Okay, uh, so let's pull one more card yeah. and then uh, and then we'll open it up. You can d you can pull one. I don't know. I think you should pull one. Okay. Yeah. You have the magic hand. Here we go. Multiple orgasms. Ooh. Perfect. Okay. So I what? I have another film. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, this is like what's popping up in my in my head Amazing, all the time. Yeah. Uh, called uh, what is it called actually? Multiple brunch. Uh, no, uh, orgasmic. Orgasmic brunch. Okay. And it's 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 also uh, it's a conversation between four women talking about the 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 possibilities of multiple orgasms that some are having and others are having difficulties yeah. to find. How how often is it? Do you find like in in your films? Do you find that like because multiple orgasms seems to be you know a lot when we talk about it at touch point. It's like a it's a unicorn experience for many for many yeah. people. And there's some people who have it happen yeah. all the time. So with you with the work that you're doing, how is that something that you but see often? I kind of do because yeah. obviously I'm working with performers and I'm working with 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 you know people who have chosen sex as their work. And many of these people are people who really, 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 really love sex and who, you know, worked with it so much and who learned so much about their bodies and how they work and how to reach this kind of, of, of climax. So I, 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 I see, I know that it exists because I've seen it many, <laughs> many times. So, but as a, so then, so then a more personal question is, you know, you have self-identified as more of a voyeur. Um, and as an artist, and like you know, and and you as an entrepreneur, and 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 so for you, do you feel do you feel like you share that same fascination with your own body, like your performers do, like like that you love love sex, that you love having sex? Because I think I, a lot of people yeah, probably assume yeah, yeah. a lot about your sex lives yeah. based on the films you make. Yeah, no, no, I I understand what you mean. I I think I'm much more of a brainy person than a physical person actually but yeah. it, but that may also be because i compare myself to other people who are different than mm -hmm. me and i see them and i see how good they are with their bodies and 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 then i realize that i am a person where a lot of things actually happens up in my head it's like Mm -hmm. you know. yeah. uh, people say to me all the time that they think because of what I've hosted with Touchpoint that I'm having like this unbelievable, you know, yeah. explosive adventure of sex. And I'm like, honestly, after two and a half years of talking to thousands of people about their sex lives, like my relationship with my parents has actually never been better. You know, <laughs> like my ability to like have a conversation and empathize and connect and you know, is just it's different. So I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Pablo. Uh, no, and 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 there is uh, there is also the importance of the project is to to show people diversity, which is what you're doing with your project. Because when you s uh, we also take responsibility with with the content we do about showing people that some things that they feel that are that are weird are you know very common for the next person, which mm -hmm. is we were talking about yeah. with, with you. Uh, about and, this I, and I also think that one of the amazing things really with watching pornography is that 
if it's if it's good and it, if if it's diverse and it's different and it's interesting, then it can really inspire you and it can help you realize how other people are having sex because it's very mm. difficult actually to watch other people having sex. Maybe you go to sex clubs and, and so on, but still mm, most people don't. Most mm -hmm. people, they are very much living in their own experiences and maybe they are afraid to talk about it. And, uh, and maybe they haven't really looked into what turns them on and what you know makes it tick for them somehow. And then when you watch a film, sometimes it's about something that you didn't expect. I've, I've made this film about foot fetishism, for example, and there's a lot of people saying, oh, the feet, that's like disgusting, smelly. Oh, what a oh, I hope you don't feel that what way. What like that at <laughs> all, <laughs> you know? <And> <laughs> but, then, but then you watch this film that is fantastic. It's called Dirty Feet, and it's so beautiful. And then you just go like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to try feet. Maybe feet is yeah. a new thing for <laughs> me, you know? But, but and, we, like. and we and we need better. I, I was watching briefly. Um, uh, I feel pretty with Amy Schumer in the plane in our way in our way here, and the same way that women have been oppressed by by the beauty standards of the magazines and the media. I mean, the same is with porn. We are oppressed by the porn that is out there in the tubes um, because we feel that that is the standard. Us, as an adult, and imagine, of course, the young adults and, and the kids. So um, the projects like, like uh, the ones, the one we are operating, another uh, upcoming uh, cool uh, artistic smart projects that have nothing to do with blacked.com or hold.com and those horrible, or at least for us, projects, uh, is that uh, we need diversity so that people start feeling that that uh, there is not only one way to have sex. Yeah, I think that you know at our town hall we always say we bring in three or four storytellers, and I always tell our producers you know our job is to curate possibility. That people need to hear stories that let them know that there's more possible than like what they've experienced. And I think that you, the two of you together have really curated possibility for so many people. And uh, I think it's just, it's really profound, the work that you've done. Thank you. Um, I feel like it's possible that maybe you and I could sit here with these cards and just keep pulling them. And for everyone, you could name five films that you've actually made about that in exact theme. Um, it would be great um, if you find one, and I haven't made it. Let's because see. Because then I would have what, to What film it. is this one about? Faking an orgasm. No, we don't have that. We 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 we, <laughs> we, whoa, we don't do that. Okay. No, no, that's that's not that is really true. Yeah. Everybody fakes an organs now and then, but uh, and 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 a lot of people ask me about about the performances by by our performers. Yeah. Do they fake orgasms? And and yes, of course, sometimes they do. But then again, I I I can see that many of them have kind of learned how to, you fake it until you make it, you know? They kind of, they start doing it and then they get the briefing up and then the briefing starts yeah. provoking it to really happen. Yeah. It, it comes in the yeah, end. It's, 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 it's funny. Well, yeah, yeah. okay. So, so uh, everybody, uh, Erica and Pablo, put your hands together for them. And then now I think it would be great if we could open it up to some questions. So does anybody have a question? We have people in the front row here. So we'll just, here's, there's a mic right behind you. I was, uh, you mentioned how you try to cultivate careers of other women as well. And I'm curious if, one, how are you seeing their perspectives as, um, do, you see that, do you see them like having a dis different perspective on how they want to like create films? And then also, could you name a couple people that you're, you are inspired by? Uh, and, and who are up and coming, like you've cultivated? And people that I'm inspired by uh, are not necessarily people in the adult uh, in the adult business. I'm, but but I'm I'm totally inspired by Jill Soloway. It's one of my my biggest crushes. <laughs> I I could even say yeah. Jill Soloway. I, I yeah. think she is, or no, they are fantastic. Yeah, that's we the right way. I'm, I'm still struggling with the pronouns. Yeah. It's not easy sometimes. Yeah, I mean we're learning. We're learning. We new are things. learning. Totally. We're learning new things and, and, every day. And I think we can't we can't be afraid either of of uh, of saying it wrong. Yeah. But if we if we kind of 
uh, we have to get ourselves yeah, yeah. saying it wrong and we correct yeah, ourselves. Yeah, it's like my yoga teacher says. You have to get into the pose yeah. and then we can refine it, right? So we have to just get started yeah. and then we can be correct. You were asking something else? Oh yeah, there's an, yeah, there's for example one of the coolest uh, gay film directors today. Is, his name is Noel Alejandro. He was he started as an intern with us, and then uh, he left to live in Berlin and started his own project. Uh, and um, some of the performers we've we've worked with, they have turned into also producers. Uh, so yeah, Carlita. yeah, yeah, it happens. There's right now in Barcelona and Berlin, there is a very active scene of sex workers and performers doing cool things. We have a question over here. Hi. Um, I would be remiss, first of all, if I didn't tell you guys what heroes you are to me. Um, I, came, I came to your work super early because I was one of those kids who I'm sure we were all looking for. It. We were growing up, going through puberty, like looking for answers, looking for like how am I going to do this thing when somebody finally kisses me and like looks my way? And um, at least for those of us who grew up in New York, there was like Channel 35 after midnight where you'd have like some scrambled stuff. And that was our only <laughs> outlet. Um, and I grew up in a household where like um, I had a European father, American mother, so two very different perspectives on um, sex and sexuality. And so um, I think for me the most powerful thing about what your films do is... Um, teach us that we're not alone, that I feel like you give women permission to have desires and talk about sex, which I think is really important. Um, so, gosh, I have so many questions. But um, <laughs> anyway, so thank you for that, and I think that's really, really amazing. And my two questions then are, um, first of all, how do you feel that filmmaking is different in this, in this silo? How does that affect the way you make films? Because you guys are both... It's not just about the story you're creating, it's about the way that you're filming the story. So I was wondering what your process is like, how it's different from making a normal film in terms of, you know, do your actors connect and are they with each other before, the, you know, how they rehearse and also um, just telling, in terms of telling the story visually, how you feel that that differs from a normal film. And then the other one was just about how uh, you feel your relationship as a couple has been impacted by the work that you do because um, I think maintaining intimacy is important and you show a lot of couples, I feel, who, or at least in all of the stories that I've watched that you've produced, they all seem to be about joint pleasure, a lot of them. And so I'm wondering if you integrate that at all or how it's impacted. You guys are, you know, been together for a long time and work together, so I guess it's a couple advice question. How, how you, do we do that? You start with how the films are I, made. I start with how the films are made. Well, uh, yes, it's a long process. Finding the performers and the cast is it's always complicated. And what I used to do is asking people with whom do they want to work because that is you know, one of the easiest ways of, of finding people who really are into each other, who like each other, who respect each other. And um, everybody has favorite co-workers, you know? Uh, so that's a very good way. Sometimes I work with, with real couples. That's another way uh, of doing it. And in case I'm working with performers who don't know each other, I always encourage them to get to know each other, to have a Skype meeting if they live in different places uh, where they can, you know ask questions where they can tell the other person about themselves, what they like, what they don't like. So we always have that kind of, of, of conversations, very honest conversations about sex before, you know, before we close a cast and we decide, okay, we're gonna go ahead with these two performers. And then, um, then it's about creating confidence really with them. It's having all, all these conversations before uh, and to especially think about the people that I, I have in makeup and wardrobe because we all know that the first thing that happens of a day of filming is you enter in makeup and wardrobe. And if you have people there chatting with you, being, you know, warm and and helping you to feel 
to feel comfortable and welcomed, then it's so much easier to, you know, to start a good day, really. Do they rehearse together? Uh, sometimes, but not that often, because we don't have that kind of budgets where we can actually rehearse. And, and then and most they come from the different countries sometimes. Uh, so and most of the films, they don't have uh, that much of dialogue uh, and that much of, of actual acting. It's more like a context than the situation and a setup. Uh, but sometimes they do. Now, for example, for, for this tango film I was talking about, we had to do dance classes. Uh, so I had a couple doing dance classes in Barcelona uh, a week before, and then I had another uh, third actress flying in, you know, two days before. So there was some practicing. Any, anyway, the films are complex and very well, well planned because they went for from those 13K to now every short film is around... 25 to 30k for one day of shooting so they have evolved into something complex there is 25 people behind the camera it's like a normal shooting of advertising or film or and, and you know really we have our shot list and it's like everything is is very very planned okay any other and questions but, but, but then but then but then sorry but then when <laughs> we when we actually shoot the sex then it's more like uh, like a documentary because you have to go with what is happening, you know, and then I prepare the crew. So we normally have the camera on an easy rig and, you know, it's full of batteries and cards and everything <laughs> is new and prepared. And it's like, we know that, that we will probably go for 40, 45 minutes nonstop. And then to answer your second question, like Jared here, sometimes we have to you know, state that because we're in, in this business, we are not, you know, into into uh, weird stuff and 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 and, and uh, basically we we it's it's not like a chef that goes home and doesn't cook because we both love sex, but we are but we are not into into you know special practices or. We just like it, and we but, have but learned a lot. But you know the typical thing that the people expect. It's like if you're into porn, then ah, oh, you're obviously swingers. That's or that's kind of you know the, the ideas that people have. Yeah. Uh, and no, we have we have the I I, <laughs> I think we have the best sex because we respect each other and love each other, and we've been listening to. And we've <laughs> we're meeting with Esther Perel uh, the day after tomorrow, which is one of our gurus. We've listened to what she have uh, taught and said, and we tried to follow her advice. Great. Okay, we have time for a couple more questions. So there's one right here. Yeah. Hello. Uh, hi, my name is Elise, and I'm the founder of SX Noir, which is a uh, digital platform to help millennials understand sex. Uh, it's awesome, so follow me. Uh, anyway, I'm really happy to uh, see you here today. I'm a big advocate for ethical porn, and X uh, Confessions and Lust Studios is pretty much one of the only ones out there. So my question to you is a kind of a two-parter. One is, how do you combat uh, racial stereotypes in your porn? Um, and how do you kind of approach these certain stories that obviously have... Um, background uh, based off nationalities, but like how do you approach it in an ethical way? And then the second kind of part to that is how can educators be more of an ally and how do you work with educators as well to make sure that your porn is um, sex positive and in line with that? Uh, okay, so uh, I think that when it comes to, um, to creating characters, uh, it's important to to not try to fall into the stereotypes that many of us have, especially when we, when we have been watching uh, all these tube sites of porn online, and they are, many of them, so, how do you say it? Fetishizing different kind of ethnicities, you know? It's and body types. It's and body types and ages because it's the MILFs and it's the, Jeez, and the, the, the fats and it's the Latinas and it's the Asians and it's the Blacks. And, and, it's, and, and, and that's kind of how porn have, have, have been constructed during at least the last decade. 12 years, right? 
So what we are trying to do is not falling into that kind of, 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 of thinking. We are trying to create characters and then just finding people. Yeah, uh, yeah that means that if, if Erika has, I don't know, people of color in their films, they are not in any particular role because of because of their color if if there's a, a fuller body woman uh, how do you say it i don't know fuller body that yeah. sounds good Round, that sounds yeah. rounder <laughs> that woman sounds nice. sorry but it's sometimes she, it's difficult to find to, the right yeah. the right words but you know it's not about her fuller body it's just she's doing one of the characters and that's kind of how we try to approach it and then what we try to do is to find people from different ethnicities, different backgrounds, and different looks. Uh, because we do believe that it, it is very important. Um, sometimes it's not that easy, because we are based in, in, in Barcelona and in Europe. And for example, we would love to have more people of color, but we have the ones that are more or less around us, because we still don't have really the budgets to fly that many people in from the States. Uh, we do uh, work with some American actors, but normally when they come to Europe for, like they are touring and then they are working for different companies and then they contact us, you know? But it's getting better every, it every, is, it is every day. It is getting much better, uh, I think, all the time. Uh, and then, ooh, I got lost with the questions. The educator is being an ally? Well, basically, w many sex educators, they already use our work to, to show s certain things that they want to state. Mm -hmm. uh, every sex educator that approaches us uh, gets a free pass to, to the content because we feel that they are the, the best advocates. And in the porncorporation.org, which is our nonprofit, we have uh, several sex educators that are listed there that are kind of ambassadors of, of the project too. But that's just if you want to find a local person in your area that you want to bring to a meeting or to a town hall uh, to talk about how to talk about porn with kids and, and teenagers. Uh, but yeah, basically we've been lucky because sex educators basically are you know, approaching us and we help them. Thank you. Great. Are you coming then? <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> All right, we have we have time for one more question. Thank you. We have a question over here. We'll get you a mic. There you go. Do any of the people in your films deal with sexually transmitted diseases, and how do you guys manage that? Uh, well, we health test everybody uh, before shooting. So um, basically the practice is uh, that you have to do a full uh, STI test uh, 14 days before a shoot and then you, uh, you show those papers to the people you are gonna work with. Uh, and then I talk to the, to the performers and let them decide if they want to use condoms or not, because there are some performers who prefer not to, and there are others who always want to use it. So it's a personal decision in the end. And, and sometimes it's related with the story. Some, uh, sometimes it's recommended, because I would like it to happen because of the situation that we are showing in a story. Okay, all right. But, but it's, a very, it's a very healthy community. The sex workers we're working with they are s healthier than the average. Not only in terms of STDs, but that's another cliche that sex workers, you know, they are in, into nightlife and drugs. And, and today, at least the ones, that the community we're working with in Europe and, uh, and part of them here in, in, in also in the States, they are super cool, smart, healthy people. Because it's the condition uh, that they need to have it clean to be able to work. And then what we what we also do is that we pay for those health testings. Oh wow, that's amazing. Uh, we have we do have time for for one more question. I see a hand in the back, so maybe we can get a microphone. No, it's okay. We we want to make sure we get you 
on the recording. Uh, you mentioned your um, your mom, like once she got all the endorsements and everything, she kind of became more on your side. Like, how important was that to have her on your side? And and if it didn't go that way, how would that have affected you continuing your work? Well, I I I think it's always important to have your parents on your side, right? It's like when when you don't really have them on your side, there's something that doesn't feel so good. Um, how would it have gone otherwise? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a very stubborn person, so I would probably have continued knocking on her door, <laughs> wanting her to understand. But I, I think that in this context, the most important part to, to, to remember and consider is that it was, I guess it was easier for her because I am a film director in the end and not a sex worker. If I had been a sex worker, it would probably have been much more difficult for her to accept it. And I think that we should all remember how difficult it really is for people being sex workers, uh, having you know this, this, this close relationships with their families and the whole coming out uh, situation. There's a great book by Jis Lee uh, out there uh, called uh, Coming, Coming Out, out as, a as a Porn Star. And there's also a great talk by Juno Mack, TED Talk, uh, about sex work. And it all went very smooth and better when uh, Eva, that's Erika's mother, um, was uh, aware that we were becoming parents. Because then, she, and, and then she, she, of course, met her granddaughter, then her second granddaughter, and she saw that we are people. And she accepted that uh, everything was cool and that we were having a family, that we were not doomed. And we, when she saw that 11 years ago, everything, I think, got more quiet. But, 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 but still, to be completely honest, still I can feel sometime that... She's not super happy. That, no, no, exactly. That she's not super, super happy. She's not, she, she's not proud, maybe, of what I do and what I, I, I am the same way as she is by my little sister, for example, who, you know... Who is a health instructor, who, uh, who, fitness instructor. Who is a fitness instructor, and every time she's, for example, in a magazine, my mother goes, like, look at her, look at her, this is great, you know? And then I do something, I do, Inner I don't know, a TED talk or whatever, and she says nothing, you know? She's okay with it, so. but not super happy. So, so I, I think the one question I have around that is now you've done hundreds of these films, You've got all these websites, and your business is changing a lot of lives. Do you think there is a potential for taking the work that you've been doing and creating something that does translate into a more mainstream audience? Would you be able to take your work, and do you think there's a, a full-length film that could potentially be in mainstream theaters, highlighting the same types of things that you want to you know, highlight and talk about, but in a way that could really reach the masses it's in a bigger way? Is that something that you think is on your roadmap as a couple and as a company? Yeah, probably. There are films today that are cool, like, uh, I don't know, Blue is the Warmest Color, especially European films, of course, that don't treat no, sex. No, but you have a great film here. We want to see, short see Erica Lust at the Academy Awards. We'll, oh I, we'll do our best. We have a meeting uh, in a couple of weeks with uh, in Barcelona there, uh, with, with a producer who produced um, Personal Shopper, uh, the film with uh, Chris, Kristen Stewart. And uh, he's coming to Barcelona with with a writer and uh, an actress, and we're starting to to look into that. So maybe you your yeah. dreams will be fulfilled. Amazing! Thank God. <laughs> All right, uh, everybody, please put your hands together for Erica and Pablo. Um, I just want to thank you. Both. Thank you for listening to Touchpoint. You can learn more about us at lovetouchpoint.com and follow us on Instagram at, at lovetouchpoint. Have an inspired day, and we'll see you next week.